from TMP to TTNG For sure the cure and those tired meme jeans Hella Kinsella and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive. Mineral snowing high tide hotel here and more. Rio Limo only consists of the DC emotive hardcore. Episode 17 of the E-Word here. This is Kyle, recording in Madison, Wisconsin. Over there in Austin, Texas is my friend Ellie. Ellie, Hi. what's, what's going on? It's going good. It feels good to be uh, in Austin rather than in Las Vegas. I like that we got like the HQ. Like, we got the location signifiers now. Yeah, HQ yeah. in Madison. We're like flooded, so that's a thing. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm cool. It got so bad that people were marking themselves safe on Facebook. That's the first time that's happened Jesus. to my to my area. Uh, but we have a very special guest here. We have Jake, who runs Counterintuitive Records on the podcast. Jake, where are you, and how's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm in my bedroom in Boston, Mass. Right now, is the label run out out of your bedroom still? Um, yeah, it's still like. All the operations are out of my bedroom, but I have like a storage space that I started to keep all the excess inventory at. That's like a big move, going from a storage space, right? Definitely a big move in terms of clearing out my bedroom so I can walk around again. (laughs) (laughs) Was there like a specific release that was like, okay, fuck, I need to move into a different space? Yeah, it was uh, Puppy Love for Mom James this summer. Oh, it makes sense. That record's been blowing up yeah that was just like the most i'd ever pressed for a record before that was a thousand for best buds and we did five thousand right off the bat and so that was just like more than i already had taking up my entire room like just by itself holy fuck well jake thanks for coming on the podcast um we have got a pretty loose episode in terms of stuff uh we recorded episode 16 like a week and a half ago so this is kind of overlapping like we can't even do uh follow up on that one because it's not out there unless ellie you have anything for follow-up about an episode that's not even out there (laughs) uh no no because most of my follow-up is usually like how people reacted to the episode yeah so i got i got nothing yet except i love elliot love them yeah you two are like a match made in heaven (laughs) yeah one last wish one last wish man (laughs) (laughs) 
but otherwise, we have a little bit of news. Uh, we have some questions that we asked people to submit for this episode, uh, not knowing who the guest was besides that they run a label. Uh, so we'll get to that, and then we're just going to talk some counterintuitive stuff. But let's let, let's kick off with some news. The biggest thing that's happened between episodes is that Run for Cover signed Wikiphase. I mean, we could start here with like the sub, <laughs> just like having completely polarizing opinions on that. Yeah, my favorite thing was when it, like when it first got uploaded. Like the top comment was, "This shit is so corny," and like the reply is friend of the show Lauren saying yeah totally not like all that sparkle weed pop punk shit right (laughs) (laughs) about high school it's the perfect comeback for anything that's calling something corny on the sub at least i mean i think it's i think it's silly to like i i feel like i feel like the this the division between uh rock and hip-hop has been arbitrary and is only becoming more and more arbitrary as time goes on especially because the internet is making uh, DIY more accessible. It's making democratization of music much easier. And so you have this continuous flux of kids who are into stuff like emo and hardcore, etc., creating rap music because like the tools for doing both of those are so readily available. And they've always been attached to the hip. Like you can look at the of the culture of them and find find like DIY and hip hop have been like stuck together pretty much since like their inceptions right Mm -hmm. so or i guess diy's been around for a much longer time but like i guess since like the late 70s they've they've always been pretty uniquely tied and so i feel like calling it culture theft like someone did in that thread is like really off base and misinformed yeah Yeah. but like Like, people were also saying like why would run run for cover put this out and i think run for cover is like very unsurprising to release this i mean first of all tiger's draw were on run for cover um they fucking work with gdp they've done a split with front bottoms and gdp who's a rapper um it's not as it's nothing more shocking than fueled by ramen putting out nothing nowhere right or uh epitaph putting out atmosphere and the coup you know right I think I think also you you should probably be looking at it from like diversification of your label sound. Yeah. You know. This like follows uh, up like a Fury record, I think. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> I feel like RFC has been trying to avoid getting like locked into any specific genre for a while. Yeah, it's been like a gradual process too, and it's it's I think it's cool. I mean, like Field Medic, yeah, a lot of shit just kind of yeah, they have a really diverse label right now. Someone was talking shit about Field Medic in that thread too. I can see it not being for everyone, especially a lot of like emo kids, but yeah, I think it's like good. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think uh, he's a good performer and whatnot. Um, oh, yeah, and Jake, you're about to go on tour with Field Medic. Yeah, right? yeah, I actually have have not listened to him yet, but I'm interested to see just to you know see the performance every night. There is one drawback to the field to, to Field Medic, um, and that's that it's it's a one man band with the word medic in the name and so the only thing i can think of is the medic droid um and that gives me horrific flashbacks to 2011 scene culture <laughs> that's like broken side crunkosaurus rex like type stuff dot dot curve <laughs> i wish field medic would go in that direction <laughs> i think it's due for a revival there was a, the, there was another comment i want to talk about that threat, and that, that was someone said georgia max uh 
guest vocal spot sounded like Cardi B. That's <laughs> no, that's bonkers. That's totally bonkers. I've listened like, to very little Cardi B to be able to chime in on that. No, it was it was very silly. It was a very silly comment. Like the top comment calling that out was rightly, "Have you ever even listened to Cardi B?" <laughs> But I actually really like the new way. Like, that's probably my favorite Wikifei song so far. Nice. Because I haven't been super into Wikifei's in comparison to a lot of the other quote unquote emo trap stuff, like Nothing Nowhere and Little Peep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, this is like actually, it's produced super well. Um, George's guest vocal spot is really, really good. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm looking forward to see how the new material I'll run for cover is going to sound because I feel like that gave them a bit of a production boost. Yeah. Jake, where where are you at with emo trap and all the? Um, the oh yeah, I'd, stuff? I'd say I'm aware of it, and that's about where it ends. Okay. I yeah, I don't think that I would have any interest in it. I might have heard like a minute of a Lil Peep song once, and yeah, I, I just uh, don't think it's up my alley. Do you think <laughs> it has a place within? emo though or do you think it needs to be separated or um i think if it does have a place with an emo that's probably just a place that i will never go or talk to you know people about it just seems like a separate thing to me and before jake gets ghost main knuckle tattoos (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't fit on knuckles i i mean maybe if you put the g on like one of your thumbs yeah or i guess it would be the t if you're going Left to right, yeah. 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 So we have a new Book of Faze album coming out later this year on Run for Cover. I'll listen to it. I'm not, like, crazy stoked on it, but... Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we keep going with the hip-hop thing? And Okay, first of all, we're, we're going to talk about Corey from Three Throw having a rap project. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Where did you find this, Ellie? Where did I find this? Oh, yeah. uh, Claudia sent it to me. Okay. Claudio is this like out there is this like announced or posted somewhere I'm not sure like I I just like took Claudio at his word it's Cree Veracruz is the name of the project so I'm going to I'm going to google it real quick there's a music video called Cree God Um, is it good I mean he kind of (laughs) yeah like it kind of slaps I'm not gonna lie Yes. Okay. So, according to Cree Veracruz's Twitter account, uh, the handle is Corey Styles, and inside of his bio, it uh, shouts out uh, Free Throws Twitter handle at Free Throw Emo. Yes, this is definitely actually Corey from Free Throw. Wow. I'm surprised this hasn't made it onto the sub or like Twitter or anything because like this never hit me except for you messaging it to me and then i messaged it to like five people and people were like holy fuck yeah (laughs) yeah i think it's like a fun fucking song i listened to it a bunch and i didn't get sick of it but like he has like the white guy rapper voice and i Mm -hmm. that's the only thing that i don't like about it it's like imagine a white dude rapping he's got the voice which i know you can't like fix because i mean i feel like it's worse when you try not to have it like nothing Mm -hmm. nowhere sometimes gets like into a little cringy territory when he like affects an accent i mean at least it's not as bad as like you remember like idea right yeah (laughs) 
that that like hard midwestern twang in yeah. his, his rapping voice all right um, it's though. not that yeah r.i.p the world has no idea etc cetera, etc cetera. i loved idea and abilities like by the throat is one of my favorite hip-hop albums <laughs> i just think it's crazy i i think it's crazy that again this is just another example of what i was talking about earlier like how it's so easy to make that jump from punk and diy etc to hip-hop but this isn't like emo trap at all. If I feel no. like it's just it's just one hundred percent like him doing a rap thing. It's not trying to be like any sad boy bullshit. Yeah, no, it's definitely like straight up just like trying to be a bopper. You know, yeah. is that what emo trap is? Is like the lyrical content is like similar to emo lyrical content? I mean, it's the lyrical content. Uh, some focus on like some of those like similar yearning plaintive vocal melodies, uh, which Little Peep did a lot. U- usage of a lot of like those types of guitars in the in the samples and the production. I see. Um, a- occasional screamed vocal delivery. Um, Very like hard on your sleeve kind of lyrics. Okay. Yeah. Which again, like. Atmosphere was doing that too, like back in 1997 or whatever. But I feel like uh, he wasn't taking the production in this far of like an emo influenced direction. Yeah, but this is something I never saw coming. I'm <laughs> you never I, saw it coming. <laughs> no, but I'm also like happy that it that it exists. Shout out. Yeah, to, I'm uh, like actually kind of stoked on this. Like, I can't wait for I can't wait for, uh, for the subreddit to discover it and shit all over it even harder than Wikipedia's. Uh, one other thing here. Um, this is kind of follow-up to episode 16. Uh, we kind of knew it going in, but Michael Sarah Palin is going on indefinite hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think shows throughout October and then indefinite future. Sucks. It sucks. It does. It does because their last EP was like definitely my favorite of theirs by far. Yeah. They made it onto onto our freshman list, right? Even though they weren't supposed to, I guess, because that EP came out, like, a few months that would disqualify them. Yeah, and then, like, Darkle should have been on it, right? <laughs> they were on the <laughs> that's, ballot. That's how it worked out. Um, I don't, Like, I don't know, it just sucks because, like, I could see their songwriting going in a super interesting direction. And I was really excited to, to, to watch that band grow. But also, I'm sure, like, whatever they end up doing next is going to continue to evolve that sort of sound. And it's also like they had a lot of mo- momentum going into this. It seemed like exactly, definitely. It seemed like they were big within their scene in Atlanta and that in that area. And the sub knew about them. Like people that I know, like don't follow the emo subreddit, knew of them and stuff. And that's yeah, that kind of takes a lot. But that's like the emo thing is to go when is to go out when you have momentum, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or like never even gain the momentum and just uh, gather clout after you break up. Yeah, exactly. Do the two weeks, drop a seven inch, maybe like a shitty lo-fi compilation track. Have, then, all, like... have one really lit show captured and put <laughs> and like put onto YouTube. Uh, yeah. in some like fucking town, like Tallahassee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an easy formula. Yeah. <laughs> Kids take notes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bummer, but best of luck to everyone in MCP. I'm sure they'll be making more music in different like projects. Very yeah, soon. I, I am very sure that they do not need us to wish them luck. I think Elliot alluded to something like being in a project that sounds like Lakamora. Yeah, yeah, Elliot was talking about that a little bit. So, I mean, I'm excited to see where that goes. I think that 
Twinkle is becoming interesting again. Sparkles out, twink- Twinkles in. I mean, uh, not necessarily that, but I like I'm seeing like a merging of Sparkle and Twinkle. Maybe maybe glitter glitter might be the next. <laughs> I think Twinkle's going out right now. Jump in now on the glitter mommies trend. Invest now. <laughs> um, Buy low, sell high. <laughs> one other kind of newsish thing is that Pitchfork on their Sunday series thing, which is just a thing where they review an album and post it, uh, like an album that's been out for like twenty years or something. Um, Ian Cohen wrote a review on Cap and Jazz's album Burritos, etc., 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 Schmap and Schmaz, yeah. Yeah, I guess couple angles here people were like okay pitchfork stop trying to give a fuck about bands that you've shit on in the past because <laughs> they gave they gave a joan of arc record a 1.8 out out of 10 and they continue wow. and they like continue to do that too like yeah the, the one that yeah, came and out they kind of shit on joan of arc in the in review the review too. Itself? yeah 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the most consistently loathed bands in <laughs> rock i was like what <laughs> So there's that angle, and then it's just the other angle of, like, not caring about bands when they're around is the other thing. Cause... I mean, Pitchfork literally started the year that record came out, though. But I So mean, they could have had their ear to the ground. They could have had their ear to the ground. Um, and, I mean, we talked about this with Tom when Tom Mullen was on, how they gave fucking Something to Write Home about a 2.0. Yes. Um, just constantly shitting on that scene. So, I mean, I think it's, like, nice that they threw Ian Cohen this bone. That was nice of them. I, I also think it's kind of cool that they actually properly reviewed the Falling instead of the compilation that people know more yeah. than that album itself. Yeah. I mean, I think some of my favorite Cap and Jazz songs are not on the full length, like uh, A-OK, you know? Yeah. I love um, that the EP, We Are Scientists, is what it's called, but it's another one that's like 40 words long. Mm. Or uh, the one with... Uh, the the one where they covered the Beverly Hills 90210 theme song. Mm-hmm. I like that too. They did drop like some knowledge in that review though. Like I had no idea that like Captain Jazz broke up because Victor fucking overdosed. Oh yeah, there's like a story in that Joan of Arc documentary. They all like tell it and they're they're like coming back home late from a show and he's just like it's like eyes are rolling in the back of his head in the tour van and everyone's just screaming and shit. And they're like fucking children. They're like 16 years old and shit. I mean that's the Midwest. Yeah. Pardons. <laughs> um, cool. Any other news that I missed? Not that I can think of. Like, we we really haven't had enough time to, yeah. to gather up. Plus, like, we covered a ton of shit in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so we already went out of order. So let's get into some what we've been listening to this week. Who wants to go first? I think uh, I think Jake could, should go first. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to a few things this week. Do y'all listen to Future Teens? They're, listen to um, a little bit. Uh, does that Take This to Heart? Yeah, their their first LP just came out on Take This to Heart. I'm pretty sure it was their first LP, but it's really good. I've been like super addicted to it, and they're like a Boston local, so I've seen them play a few times in the last few months. And yeah, they're just like really tight, really good band. Fucking um, so and then I haven't listened to them yet. Yeah, I'd say they're definitely worth a listen. I also uh, just started listening to this band, Barely March. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked about them last episode. Um, oh, you did? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're they're super cool. Just, like, that's the exact kind of music that I'm super into. 
Uh, do you do you hear any similarities between them and like Jeff Rosenstock? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're like yeah. total bomb the music industry vibes. It's it seems like bomb the music industry worship music to me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly up my alley. Like that's what I think of with like Prince Daddy. I think yeah. of them as a similar band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barely uh, March is like super catchy. Like yeah, yeah really absolutely. Good um, other than that. I'm not sure what else. I think there's this band, Hello Shark, um, from California. They're like a math rock, surf rock kind of band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah one of my friends in the band Casual Friday, uh, Zach, turned me on to them the last few weeks. And they just dropped an album. I can't remember what it's called. I have it right here. Oh, wait. No, no. I'm mixing up bands. I'm thinking of Jurassic Shark, not Hello Shark. I had two bands on my recently played. <laughs> Jurassic Shark is the band I'm thinking of. They just put out an album called Overflow. Um, that is a sick name. No shit. Nice. Yeah, a very sick name. Very sick band. Yeah, I would check that out. That album out. It's like really tight, like surfy math rock. That's an intriguing sound combination. No shit. Yeah, I'm excited about that. All right. Um, anything else for you, Jake? Uh, I think that's it. All right, Kyle. So I've got three things I want to talk about. Uh, first okay. of all, I've been listening to G Herbo for the first time, Chicago rapper. Been really into that. Um, pretty hard stuff. He's got a really good song called Everything That's Got Chance to Rapper on it. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really into this guy right now. I don't really know much about him. I don't know if he's like signed to a major, but he's, even if he's sound, signed to a major, he kind of goes more hard than a lot of stuff that you hear on that really into me and capris right now because they put that on spotify finally and with three more songs uh oh yeah do we don't do we want to talk about that thing that adam is doing yeah so you I'm, saw it first so you can talk about it i did i did um i don't know if this will still be relevant by the time this episode comes out but uh adam of brave little abacus and me and capris posted on the subreddit uh apparently he found 30 copies of the very first Brave Little Abacus album. Uh, CD. They put out. Yeah, yeah. The CD back in 2009. Um, and is selling them for like 10 bucks a pop on the on the sub. And uh, talked to all of the, the members of Brave Little Abacus. And apparently all the proceeds are going to helping get uh, more me and Capri's music out. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And super cool. So... <clears throat> It got caught in the spam filter, I think, because of the way it was titled. Um, it was like, dollar had like signs. yeah, it had dollar <laughs> signs in it, so probably looked like like just generic spam or whatever. But uh, it's legit. Uh, hipped Kyle to it, so yeah, I probably got my my order in before everyone else did, so I'm glad. If the, if there are still any available copies by the time this episode comes out, feel free to hit Adam up. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Yeah. So I got one of everything that he had. The Masked Dancer CD. The thing that he was al- alluding to that didn't have a, a cover is actually the 7-inch, the Okame 7-inch, which is oh, which is extremely rare. I bought a copy for $50 like two months ago on, <laughs> on Discogs, so now I'm getting another one which, like without a jacket so I cannot feel horrible for spending something <laughs> I spend a lot of money on. Um, and then I got a Mean Capri's shirt and then the, the, the new tape. Um, so yeah, that was sick. I've been meaning to talk about Mean Capri's on the podcast, but I keep forgetting to. Um, but yeah, I love that EP for those who thank you. Completely different vibe than Brave Little Abacus, but it's still just got like this really interesting, like, I don't know, 
at I, f- I feel like no matter what Adam does, it always have like a certain kind of like touch to it that no one else has really done. So uh, shout out to Adam. And then, yeah, definitely. It's like always like a slightly more progressive than whatever else is going on around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And then uh, the band Riley. I don't know if anyone else here has checked them out yet. Yeah, they've been know. getting they've been getting some daps lately. Yeah, they've been cred. I like it. I think it's like. I'm not going to call it, like, a breath of fresh air, because I don't think it really is. It's just one of those things that's, like, done very well. To me, it sounds like a more upbeat and fun mom jeans. There's not much, like, bummer to it. It's a lot more, like, fun and maybe upbeat and uplifting. I'm digging it. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't tell you an album, but I think they just put out an EP or an LP. Word. Yeah. Those are my three things. All right. Um, okay, so lately, as uh, people who pay attention to our Twitter might be able to tell, I've been super into Streetlight Manifesto. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were actually into that. <laughs> no, like, I don't really like Ska, but I really love Streetlight Manifesto. Like, anything Toke does, like, mm-hmm. I'm super into. Um, my, favorite, my favorite album, there's probably somewhere in the between, but they're, like, all really good. Listen to like a lot of hip hop lately, like uh, that that most recent Joey Badass record, nineteen ninety nine. Was that good? Uh, I slept on that hard. It's really good. Like okay. it's my favorite thing Joey Badass has done. Actually, um, went back and listened to that uh, Mad Lib Freddie Gibbs project, Pinata, from a couple years back. Gave me some nostalgia. Listened to the first Bone Thugs and Harmony EP, Creeping on a Come Up. Also nostalgic is that Reliant K record. Mm hmm. Um, oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, oh, I, was, yeah. I was playing that in the car with my girlfriend like yesterday and she was like this is fucking awful <laughs> oh my god that's tough the that's first tough song to here the first song on that record is like a, an abstinence anthem <laughs> I'm waiting, is it for real i'm waiting for <laughs> oh my god i've never thought about it like that yeah because they're a christian band i'm sure yeah there's, like, chastity belts and purity rings involved oh wow <laughs> But I love it. I don't see how it's any fucking worse than like Good Charlotte or Simple Plan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's miles better. They've got yeah. such a strong discography, honestly. I went to uh, a fest this past weekend and I saw and Mest were playing. Uh, wow, pretty sad. Mest are genuinely awful, though. Yeah, like <laughs> but imagine like forty-year-old Mest. Uh, they had one mega hit, right? Yeah, but what was it? I can't remember the name. It was definitely like a teen teen movie soundtrack song. Cadillac, that's the most popular song on Spotify. It's not. It's not. What's the Dilio? I remember that being on the radio a lot. <laughs> yeah, I remember a friend of mine actually fucking called the radio station and said, "Yeah, can you do me a favor and never play that fucking What's the Dilio <laughs> song ever again?" <laughs> also, didn't the singer of Mess used to be a white supremacist? Like he was in jail for like a racially motivated beating at one point. Really? Like I vividly remember reading about that. Well, that's what I've been listening to. Uh, still listen to New California Cousins. That oh hell yeah, it's yeah. so good, so goddamn good. Uh, the new Birds in Row is also really really good. Shout it out the new Jesus piece on the Twitter too. It goes monstrously hard. I like I can feel it reach into my soul. Like it pulls out my heart. Like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's how heavy it is. Pulling teeth. Count me out. Blood bather. Uh, the, if, if anyone remembers that band Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, they were like Misery Signals before Misery Signals. Like all the members of that band went on to Misery Signals. Okay. I think that's about it. Oh, and Touche Amore. 
uh, Parting the Sea. Still love that record. Huge record. Uh, my best friend used to call it his uh, Catcher in the Rye for hardcore, which is the most <laughs> unfairly pretentious thing I've ever heard in my life. He fractured his wrist. Uh, we saw him play in a, in a taco shop in 2012 in Las Vegas, and he fractured his wrist on a on a fluorescent light. <laughs> Jesus. Epic. <laughs> uh, do we want to move on to the Twitter questions? Yeah. It's, yeah. Let me dig some of these up. This one comes from, on Twitter, HiChaz, and he's got a couple of them here. Uh, so, Jake, these are mainly for you here. Okay. What are some non-sales numbers, in quotation marks, related goals that labels should have in mind when trying to grow? Non-sales numbers. I'm trying to think of numbers that are not sales. Like, I guess social media numbers, maybe, like, Spotify listeners on their bands, because those aren't really directly related to sales as much as song plays does that like help with like popping up more in related artists and stuff i think it probably does and i also just think like if somebody clicks on your on your profile and sees like oh this band has twenty five thousand monthly listeners as opposed to like 1000 then they'll be like people are listening to this for a reason mm-hmm and so I think it's just almost like like just social proof that the band is more legit yeah. if you have like decent um, numbers of people listening to you. And I think it's the same way if somebody looks at like a social media page and is just like, oh, you know, this label has X amount of likes. That means that like they're active. People are enjoying it. They want to follow it. They probably have some decent stuff. I think I might have misinterpreted the question. I thought what they were asking was like not numbers that are non-sales, but like what are things that aren't sales numbers that the label should focus on. Oh, and so not number specific, just general. Yeah, just like general things that labels should focus on beyond just like how much their band is selling. Um, I guess just like I don't know. I feel like I don't focus on the numbers that much, but I don't. I'm trying to think of what I focus on. Do you think like just like getting the bands on the road and stuff like that i don't know just like the bands engaging with with their fans like through different means yeah i was gonna say internet presence for sure yeah yeah what about like like curating your roster like do you think that has helped counterintuitive a lot like having this is just maybe going off topic but like it seems like your label has just like bands that are all friends with each other Mm mm-hmm I think that definitely helps build the like the brand and the aesthetic of the label yeah. a little bit because it's the, like all like really co- yeah the community aspect is just like really cohesive where like if somebody is following like five bands on the label they're seeing like content that can relate to each other and just strengthen like the appeal of the content cuz like if you're a fan of Prince Daddy and then you just like follow mom jeans and you see them talking about prince daddy online then you're just like oh like here's another band i like talking about another band i like like that's cool got the the mom jeans grad life connect because i kyle we we were talking about this in the episode with pineapple this kind of like unified front of bands like this network this network of bands that seems to be like sprouting out of the counterintuitive network like Mm mm-hmm like just friends for example like it kind of it kind of seems like um a lot a lot of bands are just like connected through this friendship circle and that friendship circle like has a specific way of 
like people who are fans of the bands feel part of it, even if they're like not yeah. personally necessarily in it, you know? I think all of the an important aspect of like a band I work with is that they like are just care so much about the music that that leads to them caring about people that care about their music. And so they're all like super engaged, you know, with people at shows and are people that I completely trust ethically to like represent the ideology that I believe in. How, how does that work with like, I guess this is going to sound harsh, but like letting one in, you know, like, um, (laughs) like one, you know, you know, like a band that potentially doesn't have any connections to mom jeans or or pictures of Mm -hmm. Vernon, like, yeah. How do you get jumping CI click? (laughs) Wait, could you repeat that? I missed the middle part. How do you go about getting a new band into that roster then? Well, it's as simple as just like, I don't know, just making music that appeals to me. Yeah. And I feel like part of the reason that all the bands that are active on my roster right now are friends is because they have introduced me to each other and that's how I found them. And so like, like just working with Prince Daddy alone is like how I've got half my roster because I started working or I started touring with them and Corey's like, yo, you should check out this band nervous data. We've played with them on tour a few times. And then I was just like, holy shit. Okay. And then like, he's like, yeah, my favorite band that I've ever played with on tour is just friends. And then, so I, they're just on my radar after that. And then I'm just like, holy shit, this is the coolest live show I've ever seen in my life. And then it's just like, I started putting out Bart's grad life EPs because I had gotten introduced to that through Chris from sports, who was just someone I was a fan of, like his music. And then just like from meeting Bart, he's like, yo, you should check out this new band, Mom Jeans. Hmm. And so it's just like the rest. Yeah, the rest is history where it's like, I don't know the last time, at least for like my really like active roster. I don't know the last time that I met someone or just just like found a band camp and then like pursued the band. It was like, what's your next release? And then that's how I found them. Like it's more just like from touring and seeing who other touring bands think are like people that they like and who they think are really talented and stuff like that. So Chaz's second question is basically on the nose here. What's the best way for a label to approach a band to get them excited about a potential release? Um, Okay, so like before, I'd say it sounds like before the signing. Yeah. It's like, okay, I, I would just be excited about what the band's doing because at the end of the day, all bands want is for people to be excited about their music and to connect with their music. And so when some label hits you up and is like, holy shit, like, I really love your band. Like your music makes me excited to like have the opportunity to be a part of it. I feel like that resonates with a lot of bands. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely like bands have told me that just like me being excited about the potential of like working together is something that they factor into being like, okay, we want to work with counterintuitive. Oh yeah. Um, another question here. This is from Cassidy. Uh, this will probably, would have come up anyways, but is emo still a dirty word in the industry, or will labels still use this, or will labels still use it to push a new artist? Is this very different from label to label, especially from major to indie? I think it's definitely not a dirty word. I think, if anything, right now, at least at the indie level, it's like more popular of a word. 
I think a more dirty word is pop punk because yeah. all these bands that I work with are pop punk bands that are too scared to identify with pizza and Tumblr and that kind of stuff. And so they would never call themselves a pop punk band. And Holy emo's, fuck, so off, Jake. Emo's just <laughs> the new the new like catch all. But like I'm guilty of it too because like I heard modern baseball for the first time and was like, whoa, so this is what real emo is. <laughs> and then I was like, I, I've been a fan of emo all along and I thought it was pop punk. But it was just like, no, people just like real friends and knuckle puck took over and so people were like, uh, that's not exactly how we want people to think of our band when we describe it. So mm-hmm. we're going to go on to this new word. So one thing that fascinated me about Just Friends coming out is you never mentioned the word emo aside that band, but never. people were like, why are people calling this emo? I don't know who's calling it emo. I just, I, they're just a rock band. That's the, that's the thing. Like people aren't calling it emo, but like emo just, kids are, are listening to it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just like is coming up in conversation. I feel like that's that's probably it. It's just like, you know, kids that are fans of counterintuitive are fans of bands that call themselves emo bands. Mm-hmm. And so they hear a band like Just Friends, who's accessible to a number of listeners, uh, like different genres. And then they're like, I like this. I want to share it. Where do I share music? Our emo. And then everyone's like, why are you calling this emo? And then it's just like, well, I'm not. I just wanted to share music I like. And I mean, this is a place that I knew to do it. Yeah, because our emo isn't even necessarily just for this genre anymore. It's for the community yeah. surrounding the genre. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But, but like people within it are like trying to cleanse it of anything that's not actually emo. So it's just definitely. Like, yeah, because I some gotta... people go on it and they want to. They're looking for a specific kind of music, yeah. and so when Just Friends is like on the front page. They're like, what the fuck is this? I came here because I wanted something that sounds like Glockamora. Like, so I don't know. I got over that like two years ago. From from like a the the standpoint of moderating the sub, mm-hmm. I've talked about this before, but to me it's just like stopped mattering because if we play that if we play that purity game, it's just gonna continue until like the only thing left is just Indian summer. Which <laughs> I mean I'd be down with, but then you don't have a sub. Yeah. 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 Um at the great Babino would like to know what your dream signee would be. I'm really pushing to do a uh fifteen year repress of Hot Fuss um by the Killers. <laughs> I think Ooh. that if I could just get if I could just get them on the horn and just pitch them five minutes, ten minutes that I could sell them on the label, they could, you know, call up Island and just be like, listen. We want to do this 250 press. Like, it won't interfere with your infinity press. It'll just be this small little run because it's something we believe in. If you let us do this, you know, you'll keep us happy with, with our contract. And they'll be like, yeah, we don't care about making $500. And so. Okay, Jake, I'm going to be completely straight with you right now. Okay. I moved here. I moved here from Austin. Sorry, I moved here to Austin from Las Vegas. Uh, okay, All right. So you've been, you've been following the killers for forever well not just that so i'm a barista okay um and the coffee chain that i work for uh brandon flowers is a very very consistent regular at one of the locations is that a thing that mormons do yes um 
Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, he's a Mormon. Yeah. So was Brendan Urie at one point. Um, but like, I can literally just like try and get a hold of one of my barista buddies and be like, "Hey, hip random flowers to this opportunity." <laughs> I'm not going to ask you not to do that. <laughs> you can get this happening. I, I'm serious. I, I got a commission in it for you. I'll tell okay. you that much. Wow, a whole seventy-five cents. <laughs> Welcome to the life. The good life. That would probably be a dream one though. Um I think this might be the last question. And this is from This is from Tony. What is the hardest label responsibility that outsiders probably think is easy and why? I like this question. I think that the scariest one, especially because I had some trouble with this summer, is submitting music to be digitally released on Spotify on a specific date. Is this related because, to the leak? Uh, no, this is, this is that's unrelated to the leak, oh. actually, though. But that was just insult to injury at that point. But for Retirement Party's record, there was an issue where the, the service we were using wouldn't let you upload the same artwork for multiple releases, which to me is insane because people do that all the time. They'll use the album art for their singles. And then the singles just oh. like merge into the album on Spotify and et cetera once it comes out. And so this was the first time that I'd put singles on Spotify. Um, and so we put two singles up and no issues. And then we put the full album up and it got rejected because it um, had conflicting artwork. It, at first it accepted it fine. So I was like, okay, we're good to go. I stopped looking at it. And then the, we wake up the morning the album comes out. And I have a text from the band, like, where the fuck is the album? It's not on Spotify. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I go on and it, it got rejected because of that. And so I was just like, holy shit. Like, and there's just nothing you can do. There's nobody you can call at Spotify. who's like, oh, yeah, we'll put it on right away. You just right. have to wait. And so I've been, like, terrified of every album since then. And, yeah, obviously the leak wasn't ideal. But that was truly just uh, a mistake rather than a mistake on our end like uh, me and the band rather than on uh, the end of the service, just like not working properly. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I've heard a couple uh, bands and labels like complaining about like having a hard time getting through with Spotify. Like, Oh, it's uh, it's such a nightmare. I was really worried when I was re-uploading the Oso Oso albums because I was like, if I mess up a single thing on this, then real stories loses all of its plays on spotify and that like is massive because like the acoustic track has like over a million plays and it's the top song on their spotify so like if i get any of the like the data wrong or if i make a spelling error or upload the wrong like master of the song then like it won't spotify won't recognize it as the same track and then we'd lose everything and so it's just like the most nerve-wracking part Fuck. And it takes like at, at its fastest, it'll take like five days to get up there. So I'll submit it. And then like, for example, with, with the Oso record, the other label took it down. And so there was just like two days of it not being online where I'm just like, please, God, let this work. Like, please. <laughs> and thankfully it did. So you so you got the two Oso records from Softspeak, right? Yeah. Is that label just like kind of going going offline? Yeah. Yeah, they put out a, a statement within the last few weeks saying, oh, like, okay. we're done. Like, thanks. Thanks for everything. You're pretty low key. 
But um, yeah, so they just hadn't really been doing stuff for a while. And I think that they always ran it like it was a nonprofit. So I don't know if they ever did contracts or anything, but I think all their artists just own their material because like I was able to do a re-release with like Kississippi on their EP that they did with Softspeak. And then both of these albums with Jade and Oso. Hell of a label though. Yeah. Mm. They had like the whole split series, like the free yeah. throw one. That was, that was really good. And the fest splits were really sick. Oh also. yeah. 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 I've got a couple of them. Um, so yeah, let's, I say we just talk some counterintuitive. See, you're you're gonna go on the road. Are you um, playing in Prince Daddy on this tour? Uh, no, okay. at this point, yeah. Prince Daddy um, has the basically. I guess they still for the next few months will have rotating drummers on their tours, but um, I, I won't be playing on any of them. I'm just okay. like going along as their merch slash manager. Sweet. Were you playing drums with them at one point? Because I think I saw you with them in Milwaukee. Yeah, la- Oh, for real? Yeah. Wow, was that at JJ's? Yeah, there was like nobody there. Oh my there. god, that's <laughs> but, so badass. Yeah. There's a there's a full set video of that on YouTube that I watch all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about JJ's for a second. It's like DIY epic. paradise. Epic. So epic. It's like what JJ's doing out there is so fucking cool. It's like as suburban as a suburb could be. It's like a Milwaukee suburb, and it's just this basement that's like covered in murals. It's it's, yeah. it's nice like every piece of equipment down there is like super organized and shit um i don't know there every... was a mini fridge behind the drum set so you could grab waters and stuff while you're playing yeah it's full of like green that's tea. luxury yeah it's just like yeah DIY it's a paradise. really nice yeah it's a really great spot yeah that was the only tour that i played on them uh or played with them for okay it was like with runaway brother and looming and that was oh, like the first like tour i ever played on i know wow yeah, so that's the Remo Drive headline tour? Yeah, this cool. one that they're doing, they're doing the second half of it. Um, yeah, it should be really cool. It's like probably their first t- first tour that's like venue, like legit venues every night. Oh, sick. And then the other thing that you got going on right now is the State Lines reissue. I remember you were posting about that with like, this is like a dream come true for you. Because this is like, absolutely the, that was like the album that did it for you. Yeah, this is this is a, an album that changed my life. Like, this is definitely, in terms of when I heard the question earlier about Dream Project, I was just like, okay, I got to think of something like out of the realm of mm-hmm. possibility. But within the realm of possibility, like this was my dream album. This will all go down as my favorite album that I've ever put out, as well as my favorite album, just in history for sure. Yeah, just a massive, massive fan of the band for for so long just took so much inspiration from from what they were doing which led to me being like i don't want to like pay attention in school i want to play music and do music stuff and so yeah Yeah. it really takes a powerful record to like just change change your way of thinking Mm -hmm. and so i've always just appreciated it so much for that and it's working out clearly so seems seems to be going all right so far I don't like to get ahead of myself because it's I'm always one bad release away from just being like, all right, it was fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Did we want to talk about Kyle? Did you have anything you wanted to talk about, like with regards to the relationship between counterintuitive and the sub? Yeah, I do want to get there. I feel like I feel like counterintuitive is like one of the first labels to like, and this could predate me. Like the first label, I kind of like took off via the sub i mean since then it's totally been chatterbot mm-hmm. i feel like you were one of the first people to be like 
hey, this is, this is my label. I found out about this band from here. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. You want to talk about kind of like your relationship with the sub and how long you've been around the sub and what do you think of the sub these days? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say I've been around it since probably maybe within six months of when I found the Bay Faction demo on it. And so that was like January 2015, I found the demo. So Ooh. probably, I've probably been on the sub for like four years now. And it's definitely like where I found the majority of like bands that I just like have listened to in that time period. Because, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, there's just so many bands that have been like personally posting their stuff on there and over the years. And I feel like that's like such a cool aspect of it that I don't see as much in any other communities on Reddit that I follow. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely something that has kept my interest in the sub. I definitely like find myself engaging or posting like a bit less nowadays just because I don't know. I feel like there's kind of this thing where if I post something, people will respond to it positively just because it's me. And that kind of pisses me off. Mm. So I stopped like posting, like I used to just post like bands that I was listening to or like drum covers that I did of snowing songs and stuff like that. (laughs) But I don't, I don't want like now I feel like if I posted like my Kirk Cameron Crow drum cover, someone would be like, cool. Like you're just doing this for attention or something. And so I'm a little more self-conscious in that regard now. That seem that seems so unfair to me. Like, well, it's not really a problem though because everyone's generally nice to me there. So I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, do you feel like you're a public figure in right. terms of? I mean, I guess in, in terms of day-to-day you know. life, absolutely not. But in terms of like posting an opinion or something on our emo with like counterintuitive next to my name i feel like people at least notice that and will respond to it differently than if it was just a random username right and do you feel like that like at all takes away from your capacity to engage with the sub is like i, I don't know it's like somebody like claudio who he's in commander salamander but they... i think he probably could identify similarly on the sub because i feel like they're pretty beloved on on the subreddit but um I feel like I definitely can't can't engage in the same way that I used to be able to. Right. But I mean it's a it's a hell of a place. I am very thankful for its existence. Like through through the good and bad, there's obviously been times that it hasn't been as as nice where I just try to think of it like it's the people that are spewing hate or siding with abusers and stuff like that are not the people that are making the sub special or what it is they're Mm. just people that are just like coming in to either stir the pot or are just like non-active users of the sub for sure um like i specifically remember like the original meltdown over nervous dater yeah like um that, that definitely sucked not the one where someone like personally insulted rachel and she tweeted about it but the initial one where Mole Man was like, I'm not really sure if this is emo, um, and got like uh, dogpiled. Yeah, for sure. I, that was de- I, that was definitely rough. I still feel really bad about that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, it was a miscommunication. It was just like the the wording of it just was what made it like 
okay, well, now I have to respond to it. If you say, like, the words, this doesn't belong here, then right. I'm then I have to respond to it because somebody that I'm working with is insulted uh, by the way that they're being treated in a, in a community that like I work with, there was no other option in my mind. I mean, that's good. That is good on your, on your end. Like, I feel like from the perspective of someone who is working with a label, that's what you want to hear is that they'll protect you and your interests. They'll like defend you. True. Yeah. Definitely just don't like, it just involved in dramatic situations in general, but when it comes down to it, sometimes they're unavoidable. Especially in emo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're a bunch of uh, overly emotional children in this no. in this scene. <laughs> Far from it. I don't know. I do think it's really cool that uh, you said like you find like a lot of the bands that you end up signing like directly from our emo, and I know. I feel like for counterintuitive, it's different because you are vastly more on on the DIY end than, say, Side One Dummy, who mm-hmm. also like scouts the the sub for bands to sign. But I like I've I've just always thought that was really cool that like a career can snowball based yeah, or potentially be launched yeah from yeah. something as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Especially it's all about just writing writing good music. If you, you, anybody can do it, like, at this point. And so it's as simple as sharing it somewhere like that, having 20 people say they like it. And then if 20 people say they like a new band on the subreddit, then everyone that's on the subreddit will see it. It's yeah. Yeah. as easy as that. Yep. It's super easy to get on the front page since it's yeah. still, like, a pretty tight-knit community. Definitely. Yeah. And so, like, being popular on our emo can't make you successful, but it can lead to opportunities that couldn't make you successful. Exactly. There was a, there was another random question I wanted to ask, uh, about that Bay faction LP Mm -hmm. was, was the reason like it got taken down from Spotify, the cover art. Is that why? No, that it was the band's decision. It was the band's decision. Yeah. I think they wanted to, uh, reinvent their image a little bit. Uh, I thought, I thought that was, just interesting because like i felt like a lot of people were talking about how it was the cover art which i don't know it didn't seem that objectionable to me personally um, yeah i mean if any I, I always was a defender of it because if you listen to the album it's about this 18 year old kid trying to navigate sexual relationships and just relationships in general in yeah. the technology era mm-hmm. and so in my mind you know if you want to have your girlfriend and her friend like not even showing anything completely objectionable but being naked on your album cover like it doesn't seem objectifying to me also i don't know i am a man so i don't have the same um i don't know just experiences as as a woman who might see it differently so that's just always been my opinion though yeah i mean i that that and the the Oso Oso uh, music video that they did mm-hmm. for uh, Reindeer sorry, Games. Reindeer Games. Sorry, I forgot the name of the song. My my headache is like so bad that it's giving me nausea right now. So sorry if I'm like a little spacier than usual. Um, that like there was there was like definitely like outcry about objectification in both those cases, and I mm-hmm. just didn't really 
see it. Um, and I think, you know, it, like it's a, it's important to listen to, to people who are saying that there's an issue here. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously. However, like no one could really pinpoint what the issue was. Mm-hmm. No, no one could like concretely explain what the problem was with either of those things, which to me is a, is a problem. If you can say something's wrong, but you but can't, can't say what say aspect what of is it. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. I feel like either we need to think a, a little bit harder about what the, what the situation is, or maybe something is less wrong than you think. <laughs> I know people are asking for like a repress and everything is, and that's like out of the question, and it's because the band just wants to start something fresh or something. Yeah, they're they're going in their own direction that okay. they that counterintuitive will not be involved in. I think at this point it's just a meme of people asking for the repress, yeah. which yeah. I hate, but I'm glad that people are having fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. If if it were up to me, there'd be a very large repress tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of memes, we've got. I feel like the E-word has kind of gotten this image as like, like we dunk on counterintuitive bands. But like when I look at the counterintuitive roster, and I think back to our past episodes, broadly we really enjoy most of counterintuitive. Interesting. I always was of the impression I I hadn't I think I'd listened to one episode of the podcast because I I think correct me if I'm wrong but I think the band one of the bands Darkle or one of the members from that band was on the podcast yeah Matt's been on twice they're a really really good friend of mine okay yeah so I think that they had said that like they had accidentally shit on counterintuitive a little too hard or something in it so I was like all right well I gotta check this out then (laughs) and so that was my introduction to the podcast and I can't remember whether I even thought it was it was mean or anything. But then as soon as I saw there was an episode about about mom jeans and just friends and retirement party, I was like, oh, God, they're going to tear <laughs> me apart. <laughs> but then you listen to it and like mom jeans is the only band we've ever really dunked on. Yeah. And, and we really it, liked we really liked the new record. Yeah. So. No, for sure. Like, I think out of any band on the label, mom jeans is obviously the biggest target to be dunked on and so i don't i don't get like offended by people talking. why do you think that is i think it's because people look at them and look at the success that they've had like relatively like people think that they just had this really easy easy come up even though they were like grinding on the road yeah they've been around but for they a just while had, yeah they had like they had an easy like online come up of just like blowing up a little bit early on, but they were grinding on the road super hard for like the entire time that their album that Best Buds was gaining more and more traction. And but yeah, so I just think people look at them and they're just like, oh, these like these like white kids from California that have only been in a band for like two or three years, like are now in like a really popular band that gets really good opportunities and can actually like make a living for playing music. And so they just see it like there's, they just think like, Oh, well my friend's band's been torn for six years and they're way better musicians. They deserve it rather than MJ. And so I think that that breeds a lot of, um, just like, yeah, general contempt towards them. And also they, out of anyone, they definitely embrace 
the meme aspect of the band the most. Yeah. I think the, that's the weed shirts could have stopped like ten designs ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. They're just having fun with it, and that's one of the things I like about them is that they literally just don't care, like, oh, you think we're dumb because we like put a weed leaf on our shirt. Congrats. Like we still just you know, people are still buying them, so who's dumb? Like right. we're just having fun. I mean I I genuinely feel like it's less of the jealousy angle and more of like the persona so, like i feel like out of the way all the bands present themselves mom jeans like is way more jokey and so mm-hmm. i feel like people think that when they when they dunk on mom jeans it's like all in good fun uh when it might not necessarily be maybe yeah at this point though i think it, it's usually all in good fun like yeah. i don't get like offended by things people like when people like make jokes about them or anything the only thing that pisses me off is when there's like the reddit thread like anybody else notice eric's a total douchebag and it's just like oh my god you had a negative five second conversation with this guy after one show on his 60 day tour where they like drive six hours a day and like don't get to see their significant others for months on end. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> must, that must have been so difficult for you. And so that, that shit pisses me off just from knowing them and like having gone on tours with them and like seeing the work that they put in towards just like maintaining relationships and maintaining relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, just generally being really strong additions to the DIY music community. I actually remember that initial thread, that fucking mom jeans or dicks thread, and I like stuck up for him because me and Austin had like a scuffle over the word sparkle punk, mm-hmm. which Eric still hates, by the way. I, I will never acknowledge that word. I've never said it, never will. <laughs> hate it. Absolutely hate it. But I mean, Austin ended up being really, really cool with me about mm-hmm. it. So I, I, I felt the need to be like, I don't, I, I think that a lot of touring bands get misinterpreted as being assholes when the fact of the matter is they're just exhausted. And if you've never been an asshole while you're exhausted, then congratulations. I suppose you are the person we should all aspire to be. Yeah, Um, no, couldn't agree more. I think it's amazing that you managed to get in an argument with Austin though. I don't think I've ever seen him argue with someone. Yeah. I didn't even initiate it. (laughs) (laughs) Was it in person? Uh, no, it was it was uh, through Reddit. Oh, okay. And we we worked it out. It went down in the nice. DMs. So classic. Yeah. Stories old as time itself. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe Counterintuitive is not down with the Sparkle Punk slogan. Oh my god, I I'm shocked that you can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I also really am not into party emo. I do not like that whatsoever either. I think it's a little better than the other one, though. The other one? Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> not, not Never even said it out loud. loud. Never God. will. The S word. That's some fucking Lord Voldemort shit. <laughs> <laughs> you are getting on the Glitter Mommy train, though, right? Oh, my God. I mean, I just had that tweet the other day about how I don't fuck with crinkle bands anymore. Right. Which, by the way, that was like that's like my favorite counterintuitive tweet yet. Nice. 
Was that in response to people sending you twinkle bands for the fucking test press? Oh no, it was, that oh. was that was unrelated. Actually, I connected those dots um, for some reason. Yeah, no, that was actually ended up being way more overwhelming than I was expecting it to be, because I was like, oh cool, like I could listen to some tracks today. Like maybe I'll get like fifty songs. Like that'll take me a few hours. And then there was like two hundred fifty people sent me songs, and I was just like, I can't listen to this many songs. <laughs> But so it took me like almost a week to get through. And you actually listened to everyone? Um, for the most part. Props. A lot of them like it like if, if people sent me a YouTube link, I listened to it. If they sent me a Spotify link, it would play thirty seconds of it unless I opened Spotify. <laughs> and then if they just li- said a song and didn't link it, then I was just like, I'm I'm not doing your job for you. <laughs> the terms of the of the contest were clearly implied. <laughs> you send me the song so (laughs) can we ask the the very vague what's next for counterintuitive um yeah absolutely well so you know about the osa stuff that won't be officially announced for a few months but my three year uh for the label is on the 15th of september and for that um if you remember the band plain clothes uh, they were like my second release. Oh, they were yeah, very yeah, popular yeah. on the sub, yeah. like one of the last good Twinkle bands ever, for sure. Um, they the drummer of that band is just like his name's AJ, really talented musician, and also is like a writer. And so he did this project a few years ago where it's like basically 52 weeks by Enter It Over It, where he wrote a song a week for a year. Uh, this guy AJ wrote a short story a week for a year and so and just like some of them are cohesive some of them are standalone but it's 52 weeks of short stories and so we put them all together he edited it like the whole thing and then we made uh like paperback books out of it and so that'll be the first ci book coming out for the three-year anniversary called four fires that's so fucking cool it's pretty epic like he's such a talented writer like all the stories are like really cool. I liked them a, a real lot, and yeah, so it'll be like limited to fifty. I'm pretty sure like he's already sold the majority of them to his friends and family, so there's going to be a super limited amount of the physical copies. Wow! But there will also be like a PDF available online, and so I'm super excited about that. Just branching out a little bit outside of the realm of just music, but also with someone who's been like a super long term part of CI. It's awesome. Yeah, so that's the that's the only other thing I have planned right now, other than the Oso stuff. Cool. Maybe I can poke you a little bit. Is there a Prince Daddy LP coming? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I de- um, definitely down to share as much as I can without Corey getting mad at me on that. Um, so yeah, Prince Daddy wrote an LP called Cosmic Thrill Seekers that they're recording in January, and I. At this point, like I'm officially Prince Daddy's manager because I basically saw that they were on this trend upwards that was going to outgrow CI extremely fast. And so I was like, I want to be in this for like a much longer duration than just however long I can release your records. So I, I don't know what la- like we don't know what label it'll be coming out on. We want to like pitch it to every label possible in the world. Hmm. Uh, but obviously a dream project for me um, yeah. for CI because Prince Daddy's definitely my favorite active band. Yeah, so, but that's still like a little ways out. But 
I mean, they've been playing a ton of songs from it on all the tours that they've been doing, and they've got a bunch of tours coming up. So, yeah, usually they play three play three to five new songs a night, and wow. the, the new album is absolutely incredible. Like, I think it'll be one of. I mean, I I know I'm super biased and super close to the situation, but I think it's one of the best records I've ever heard in my entire life. I think Whoa. Corey's. I think Corey's the most talented songwriter I've ever met, and the like the the entire band is so fucking talented, such good people that, yeah, I really think the sky's the limit. Cool, and so definitely excited for that. Keep an eye out. Anything in the tank for Grad Life too? I think that's been teased a whole bunch, right? Um, yeah, I'm I'm guessing by the time that this comes out, the Grad Life album will probably be out. I don't know what Bart's plan is. It's not, uh, yeah, it's not coming out on CI. They oh. went in a different different direction, but obviously, at least on my side, I still got tons of love for Bart just in general. So no hard feelings on either end, I believe. But um, yeah, that should probably be out pretty soon. I don't know when though. Dope album. Well, Jake, where can people find you and counterintuitive online i mean i'm assuming everyone listening knows that but <laughs> you just gotta do it the justice for sure um ci rex on twitter and instagram that's uh the main stuff i use um instagram if you don't want to like have to deal with me trying to be funny but uh yeah that's well, basically succeed nice yeah. that you're a, wow that, that you're a, a good lot. follow okay yeah. That's cool. That's definitely my favorite thing where like if a, if like someone comes up to me at a show and is like, "Yo, I follow you on Twitter. You got a pretty good presence on there." It's like, "Holy shit, that's the coolest thing you could say to me." You don't even need to buy my records at that point. Yeah, no. Please take whatever you want from the merch table. It's all coming out of the band's cut. Don't worry about it. I feel that though, like the validation of someone being like, "Yo, your Twitter is fire." Yeah, like, I love it. It's just like they're, it's like them saying your thoughts are good, and I'm just like, "Holy yes. shit!" I couldn't agree more. I think they're good too. Conversely, the thought that my thoughts are good is also a good thought. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, Ellie, if you're still out there, where can people find you? Um, you can find me. Uh, on Twitter at you don't need maps, uh, my blog you don't need maps which is still on a pretty up like pretty big upswing of activity, uh, which is good. I think I'm really proud of that. Of Cali Cousins review up, yeah. Uh, Jordan is like immediately became one of my favorite people ever. Like just from chatting via Facebook, really love them. Absolutely um, epic band as yeah. people yeah. and as musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Sammy from Sammy Heck, uh, putting out the physical copies of that record. Uh, so get on that. On, they're coming out on Deep Sea. So, and can a uh, friend request me on Facebook, facebook.com slash you don't need maps. If bold move, so inclined. Very, I, I've very bold move. said that on the podcast several times at this point. I know, but still, I don't, I don't care. I want a cult's personality. Uh, <laughs> and, where else can you probably find me? I mean, if this headache persists, like possibly just like lying in my bed for the next two days, but <laughs> all right. And all right. I... Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at nothing feels Gucci. You could find the podcast on Twitter at the E word podcast, Instagram, the E word podcast, and you could 
send us an email at the ewordpod at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, and you can find us there. Be one of our 20 likes as that medium <laughs> uses relevancy and less spending money. <laughs> yeah, our, so our Facebook is genuinely like so much less entertaining than our Twitter. Yeah, we should Facebook work on that. Is, yeah. Yeah, Facebook's we'll done. Yeah. Jake, thanks again. Thanks a million times for coming yeah, on the podcast. Thank you, so, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this is I really, really appreciate cool. it. We were super surprised and stoked that you wanted to come on. Yeah, um, I mean, I was a little scared, like as I mentioned, <laughs> but I think it all panned out. Yeah, yeah, I had a good time. Me too. Same, same, same. I mean, I anticipate this being a pretty big episode because it's a collision of the subs podcast with the subs favorite label so this is a top 10 anime crossover moments <laughs> <laughs>